3: Audible is where so many inspiring voices and compelling stories open listeners up to new experiences and ways of thinking. Explore all the ways listening on Audible can help improve mind, body, and soul with entertainment, information, and inspiration. You can get titles from your favorite iHeart talent such as Chelsea Handler, Danny Shapiro, Charlemagne the God, and Bobby Bones on Audible. Start listening now with a 30-day Audible trial, and your first audiobook plus two Audible originals are free. Visit audible.com slash iHeart or text iHeart to 500-500.
2: All
4: right, Billy Cunningham, the Great American Reds Baseball, kicks off about uh, six oh seven tonight with Lance McAllister after that great Reds win of yesterday. Perhaps the most dramatic win I've seen in many months at uh, my ballpark, the Great American. The Reds have an opportunity of getting on the cusp of first place by sweeping the Brew Crew, then going out to L.A., beating up the Angels, come back next weekend and beat the Cubs. If the Reds can sweep the Brew Crew, they're like a game out of first place. But maybe I'm dreaming. Coming up also in about uh, one hour is uh, Jay Ratliff, the uh, Atlantic Monthly, they believe in a 40 page article, has solved the missing uh, MH370 about five years ago. Malaysian airliner on its way from Malaysia to Vietnam uh, suddenly was gone. And uh, the, the experts, the scientists, the writers have gotten together and they think they've solved what happened to the airplane. And that's going to be in about one hour. But until then, you might recall about, uh, I don't know, several weeks ago, there was a rather large man at the YMCA in Cincinnati acting up. Police arrived, called there, and then uh, this large man was beating the crap out of a police officer. And uh, as a consequence, uh, he had to be tased and wrestled to the ground. It was like an MMA fight almost. Some of the anti-police activists in town are very unhappy with the fact that these things went on. Joining me now is Sergeant Dan Hills of CPD, the president, and uh, Sergeant Hills. Welcome again to the Bill Cunningham Show. How you doing,
5: Bill? Billy, I'm doing well. Can I uh, can I give you kind of chronologically uh, what, what what happened and what they're really upset about is me speaking out about what happened. Please but, do. Uh, Please do. It, it'll be it'll be two weeks ago, Willie. Uh, two weeks ago uh, this evening, uh, that uh, officers were dispatched to the YMCA in uh, the Western Hills on Montana. For a uh, for a man, a rather large man that had pushed some teenage girls off the basketball court, physically pushed them off, and said, "Yeah, I'm going to shoot. You guys got to leave." Well, their grandmother uh, got involved, and he pushed her away too. And so they all went to the YMCA staff and said, "This this guy's this guy's uh, out out. out He's not doing the right thing. He's 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 being disorderly." So. So they, uh, the YMCA staff called the police, and the police came, and they first they cleared everything with the YMCA staff and said, "Look, we're going to tell him he has to leave." And they said, "Great." Well, when we tell him he has to leave, if he doesn't, is that uh, is that going to be criminal trespass? And they bounced around a little bit, and they said, "Yes, we're going to stand by that." So they went in and they told this uh, large individual, "Hey, you got to go." And uh, he, he was a little bit disorderly. He kind of muddled around some. Other uh, people talked to him, and he said, all right, he, he's going to start walking out. Well, he changes his mind. He turns around and starts to walk back. At that point, uh, there were two officers there, a male officer, a female officer. The male officer uh, took him by the arm to turn him around and head him back out. Well, at this point, he turned around, and he got on his uh, on, on on his toes like he was Muhammad Ali, ready to duke it out. And he said, you know, you, the officer told him, you're going to get taste. And he said, I've seen the video. He's like, go ahead. It ain't going to hurt me. Well, guess what? He was right. He got tased. It didn't hurt him. So he goes to attacking this police officer and standing above him, uh, pounding him with his fist as he's going, you
4: bitch, you bitch, you bitch. I can say that right. You can. And what what did the other officer do during this time?
5: She tased as well. She tased the subject, and he had no effect. Taser was not affecting him and uh, trying to pull uh, pull him off uh, her partner. Wow! So uh, this officer sustained a huge gas shift of his right eye. He could no longer see because blood was flowing into his eyes. Um, he doesn't think that he started to lose consciousness, but he's not sure about that. And at some point, I think he probably was close to that. Um, and he uh, ended up with a uh, broken orbital bone. Um, he's going to take quite some time before he's going to be able to hit the street. His eye was closed; his eye, his head was swollen up. And so, uh, seeing that the media had ran the story, but didn't have full context because they didn't have this picture of this officer right afterwards, I approached the officer and asked him if if, if I could put that picture out there. And he said, "Yeah, as long as not put my name out there all the time." And he said, "You know, I just uh, uh, it's one of those things, but that that picture needs to be seen." Hey, Sergeant, uh,
4: let's stay with the incident. So, what happened? If I'm one of the other officers and this guy is beating my fellow partner, bashing his head into the into, into the uh, into the basketball court and he's bleeding, why didn't the other other officer pull out her nine millimeter and kill him?
5: Well, that, that's that's what I'm going to speak about with my reaction. So, but you're right. Let's stay chronological. A couple of guys that were in the gym come out and they separated this guy. Other officers arrived. More more use of taser occurred. Finally, this guy uh, was handcuffed. So, to, to complete the story of what happened there, he was handcuffed. So, uh, that was exactly uh, what I kind of put out there. I showed this officer who's injured, and I said, you know, again, pointing out how hard our job could be, how dangerous our job could be. I said that uh, this this very well could have been a, a deadly force encounter. Sure, sure. And in plain talk, he could have been shot. He would have been. It would have been legal. The courts would have seen it because his life was in danger. He could have, been, he could have died from brain trauma from the types of blows he was getting. And also I reminded everybody, uh, again, as I was speaking through my social media, that uh, once you lose uh, control uh, consciousness, you lose control of your weapon. And once you lose control of your weapon, really bad things could have happened. And we saw that with Cliff George uh, back in 1987, right before I started on the police department. Uh, he he killed Cliff with his own gun. He shot at the uh, the bad guy, shot at some civilians, uh, with Cliff's gun, shot another policeman, shot a police dog, all because he disarmed this policeman. So I said, this was really a scary moment. I didn't hear any of our leaders talk about how awful this was. So I spoke out about it on social media. I ended up on, uh, your morning show with Sloaney talking about it. And uh, since then, uh, Al Gerhardstein and Iris Roller, are you familiar with those uh,
4: yeah, two Al, folks? I mean, Al Gerhardstein is a bright, bright ACLU attorney who's made millions off suing police because the uh, governmental authorities in control of the police department always settle these cases for millions of dollars. And Iris role is an anti-police zealot on the left who always looks the angle to make police look bad. Please continue.
5: Well, she's in charge of something I think that's called the Black United Front. And and unfortunately, our city hall uh, leaders have seen them, allowed them to take a seat in what's called our collaborative thing. So they're, they're, they're sitting on the collaborative, and it's uh, she's running a group called the Black United Front. Um, and uh, I don't know if they are very collaborative. They wrote an op-ed together, and their op-ed started out with a couple sentences that are nice. You know, police officers do hard work. We support the top as of- uh, uh attacked at the YMCA. but then they said right and we don't support the uh, efforts by Dan Hills to make uh, incidents like this uh, political and, and and that's what they're accusing the union that, that that we're saying that we're using this for for politics on saying well you got to be kidding me. they're they're talking about bad things happening and using it politically that's what they do all the time and then they go into a tirade talking about all these other things and so if they said, they support that officer, but yet their op-ed had two sentences uh, uh, about him and what occurred to him, and then about three or four paragraphs about you know their usual stuff. And one of the things that they talked about the 300 tasings of use because they brought up the Kevin Brown incident and said I was bragging about the arbitrator decision on that. The 300 tasings of use by Cincinnati police from 2013 to 2018. Um, and so I have a question for you, Willie. Yeah. Whether we're talking about deadly use of force or we're talking about paving, let's do, let's go deadly use of force. If you do not commit a crime and you uh, obey orders by a police officer, what is your chance of being shot by a Cincinnati police officer? Zero. Zero. I was going, I was going to put it from zero to 100. and You, you got that one right. If you um, do not violate any laws, whether you're a kid or an adult, and you uh, listen to the orders and obey the orders, uh, legal orders of a police officer, what is your chances of being taped in the city of Cincinnati?
4: Less than zero. <laughs> I don't know if you can get less than zero, but it's zero. And so in all
5: this talk that they put out there in their op-ed um, about uh, the, the, the the man being mentally ill, right. uh, that I shouldn't have talked bad about him because he's no. mentally ill, that right. he's part of the vulnerable community. Um, you know, why didn't they mention that if we really want to avoid these things, we should, we should not break the law. And when an armed, beautiful policeman tells us, you gotta leave the YMCA, leave the YMCA.
4: Well, Sergeant Hills, the the, the, the op ed of the anti-police zealots in town says the following. For example, it appears that the man who attacked the police officer at the YMCA has serious mental health issues. Labeling him vicious and evil as part of the call for police support improperly uses this troubled man for a political purpose. That's you. And so when this man and when male and female cop shows up in uniform and, and this large uh, black man is pushing teenagers off the courts and pushing a grandmother, Are they? what are they supposed to do, make a quick mental health evaluation and do nothing? That's
5: exactly what they're saying, that we somehow are supposed to have our, our mental health radar vision on and seeing that this man has mental health issues. And I don't know what you're supposed to do different when he's punching your lights out, though. That's the part that really gets uh, troubling me. One, that uh, we're supposed to do this quick assessment. But number two, what am I supposed to do different when he's mentally ill, when he's punching my lights out?
4: Each punch could have smashed the skull of that police officer and killed him or made him physically disabled for life. I'm amazed that he wasn't shot in the head by the other police officer because that was felonious assault. That man was committing a felony against an in-uniform Cincinnati police officer. And my only question is, the female cop probably could not get involved because she would have been hurt even worse. And then you call for help, everyone shows up. Multiple tasing has no effect on this guy because, I guess, of his blubber or whatever the hell it is. And now you're being attacked for not evaluating mental health, acting as if a 6'3", 325-pound young man could somehow be mentally evaluated. This is ridiculous.
5: Well, I'm being attacked for saying that this was an excellent opportunity for the community to come out, or for, for these leaders to come out and say to the community, look, this is wrong. This is is absolutely unforgivable. This is something that we should not uh, ever see happen in our town. And everybody needs to know that, yes, this could have gotten a lot worse. And, two, if it would have, we would have backed our officer. And nobody will say that. Nobody but, but the FOP will say that they would have backed this officer. And I know there are some others like you out there, Willie, that would back a police officer if he has to. He or she has to use deadly force in an incident like that. But you won't hear anybody else saying it, not in our police administration, not at City Hall. Nobody else will say it. And when I say it, you have these anti-police zealots come out and say that I want more people to be shot, and that's not my message whatsoever. If you don't want to be shot, if you don't want the police to shoot anybody, don't punch their lights out. We are not society's punching bag. You don't get to punch our lights out and think that everything's going to be fine and dandy. You cannot do that to a uniformed policeman. You shouldn't do it to any other human being, but you should not be doing it to a uniformed police officer. And Willie, it's, it, it, it's discussing their reaction. Their reaction had two sentences of oh, with the police support this officer. Oh, that's a bunch of baloney. They don't support this sure. officer. This gave them another opportunity to talk about the things that they see wrong with Cincinnati police, like us tasing a certain number of youth. Well, I imagine almost each and every one of those youth. And I'm quite certain, committed a crime and resisted arrest. And you know how many of those youths would have been tased if they didn't commit a crime and resisted an arrest? Zero. Back to that. That's right. Zero. Yeah, so let's, let's reinforce that. Let's not, let's not reinforce these other issues that they always try. If you cooperate with a police officer, if you don't break the law, zero chance of being tased.
4: I, I zero you, chance of being Sergeant, shot. Sergeant Hills, when Sonny Hill was murdered in Madisonville, the politicians could not more quickly get to his casket and cry those crocodile tears about the difficult circumstances in which Sonny Kim found himself and how brave Sonny Kim was. The officer underneath that vicious, that vicious felon at the YMCA was very close to having a Sonny Kim type funeral, in which case the politicians, the P.G. Sittenfelds and the Dwight Tillery's would have been on the front of the line crying those crocodile tears about the sacrifice of the police officer. But when you have to save your life by tasing somebody and the restraint shown by CBD in this case was remarkable, you don't see the. P.G. Tilleries or the Dwight Sittenfeld's, anyone else coming forward to say, you know what, that officer did exactly what that officer should have done and the restraint that police officer shown was remarkable. That didn't happen, did it?
5: No, sir, it did not happen. And he did come forward and saying that when you go at a police officer, when you attack a police officer like this, we will stand by that police officer no matter what it, what it takes for him to defend himself up to and including deadly force. And when I said it, like like I said before, then the anti police zealots want to come out and say that I'm wrong for saying what's true. That the courts would support it. That's that is a legitimate self defense. You cannot allow yourself to get your lights punched out. No, it puts no. everybody in no. danger. If that officer would have lost control of his weapon, everybody around there would have been in danger. But there's no court. Or, there's no court in this in this country that would sit there and say that a police officer has to get his lights punched out. That is not required. That's not part of our job. We did not sign up to get our lights punched out. We signed up to take on risk, yes, but not to stand there and let somebody's. Uh, and that's not what it was. this officer wasn't letting him punch his lights out. He was he was fighting back. But no. the community needs to know that we're allowed to defend ourselves.
4: Right. All right. We got to go, uh, Sergeant Hills. you you're fighting a tsunami. It's impossible. I mean, that society is, in a sense, is breaking down. The respect for law enforcement is at an all-time low. And uh, these incidents come and go with no big deal. When, when a, a child, an 11-year-old is tased, who's a thief, and the officers found to be clean and what he did. Uh, and, and then the city pays a quarter of a million dollars. That tells you all you need to know about the re- disrespect that cops are held in this city. Well, we got to run, but uh, Sergeant Dan Hills, you're welcome here all the time. And believe me, there are voices you will never hear and faces you will never see who believe exactly the same things that you and I believe, but they don't come out of the woodwork because politically the politicians have made the equation. That approach is not welcome to get reelected. Well, Sergeant Hills, we got to go. Thanks for your call. Thank you.
5: Thanks for having me all
4: God bless you. And he's on the acutehearingcenter.com hotline. Your reaction. 7,497,000, and pound 700, the new AT&T. Bill Cunningham, News Radio 700, WLW. Come. All right, Billy Cunningham, the great American. Let's plan the next several hours, the next several days. Number one, the Reds, having beaten uh, maybe the best team in baseball, three straight, Houston, is in uh, Milwaukee tonight, tomorrow, Friday, Saturday and Sunday, four-game set. Then a game uh, day off on Monday, then Tuesday, Wednesday, back to L.A. to play the Angels. who aren't very good. Then they come back next weekend and play the Cubs. There's life in the Reds. The cadaver has a heartbeat. So let's see what happens over the next four days. Should say a lot. And uh, secondly, it all kicks off about 6.05 tonight. Coming up in about 25 minutes, we have uh, Jay Ratliff, who has read assiduously the Atlantic Monthly article, a 40-page article that lays out all the evidence and information about the missing airplane MH370, Malaysian airliner, that uh, was missing five years ago. And uh, the uh, magazine and their researchers and the scientists think they've solved the riddle, the mystery. So that's in about uh, 25 minutes from now. But until then, when a police officer is beaten to within an inch of his life uh, underneath a 300 pound younger person who's yelling the B word as he is raining blows down upon his face and a fellow female officer standing by really incapable of assisting because she would be beaten up, too. And tasers are deployed without any measurable effect. It's had no impact whatsoever. What is an officer supposed to do? In this case, they hit their emergency button. More cops showed up. Tasers were used again at the YMCA to no measurable effect. Four or five manly officers got him on the ground and got him handcuffed. Now, you would have thought this would have been an occasion for Dwight Sittenfeld or P.G. Tillery or someone to stand up and say, you know what? Those officers were brave and courageous. Those officers did things that I would not do. Those officers showed tremendous restraint in not shooting that guy right in the head or at least several times in the torso to stop the assault. That was a felony being committed by that uh, mentally ill person. Uh, against an in-uniform police officer that could have resulted in his death or disability. It's called felonious assault. Felonious assault means you purposely uh, inflict serious physical harm upon the person of another. It was happening. I can't imagine the restraint being used by the female officer not to go and shoot the guy. That that would have been incredible. But he did not shoot him. She did not shoot him. She uh, waited for other officers to arrive, and then they wrestled him to the ground. And so this should have been an occasion when the mayor, city council, you got Sittenfeld, you got Seelbach, you got Landsman, you got Tamaya Denard, you got those running the operation to say, you know what, we want to send out the message how brave and courageous our police are and how much restraint that they showed. But oh no, contraire, oh contraire, mon frere, what they did, the anti-police activists, the Irish roles of this world, wrote an op-ed saying that the police need more training in dealing with mental health. Are you kidding me? Mental health, more training in mental health. What are they? Psychiatrists? Are they supposed to evaluate on the, uh, on the fly about whether a person is suffering from paranoid schizophrenia with affective components when you're being beaten unconscious? Are you kidding me? As he's raining those blows down, the hands of the assailant was probably two or three feet from the sidearm of this police officer. And but for the restraint of the female cop, uh he should have been shot legally. Legally he could have been shot. But no, the police bigots in this town look for every opportunity to advance their anti police agenda which helps to tear down law enforcement. When yet circumstance happened at the Winton Hills Kroger store in which what was it, 11- or 12-year-old thief stole a bunch of stuff. Her and her girlfriends regularly would go to the Kroger store in Winton Hills to steal stuff, as many others do. When it was going on, the Kroger management said, we better get an in-uniform Cincinnati police officer here to dissuade the thieves from stealing so much from our store because it is unprofitable. You know, the, the average Kroger store, according to filings, make well less than 1% of sales and profits. They have they have high sales and very low margins. And so when a store loses thousands of dollars every month in shoplifting by whoever's doing it, it means that store is going to leave that community and create a food desert that will cause uh, Dwight Tillery And PG Tillery to arise and complain about Kroger being racist in the black community because they're pulling stores out because they're unprofitable. So instead of that happening, instead of the community coming together and say to that 11 or 12 year old and their girlfriends, why the hell are you stealing from that store? The community arose with anger against a black police officer who deployed his taser. And then it gets worse. Because city council, under the leadership of Dwight Sittenfeld, decided to pay more than a quarter of a million dollars to the family under threat of a lawsuit? Are you kidding me? Can you smell what I'm cooking? The breakdown of law and order in the city is unbridled. Practically every day now we have shootings of one type or another. Can we go back to the good old days in Cincinnati? in which there were large numbers of businesses in Roselawn in Avondale over the Rhine and elsewhere because middle class african americans stayed in their community because of jim crow laws and because of discrimination and they lived together in peace and harmony those were the good old days yesterday in the congress i got full lines i got to get to them at some point yeah yesterday in the congress there was a hearing on reparations One of the African-American speakers, Burgess Owens, I've had him on my show two or three times, talked about the damages done in his community by the Democratic Party. It was a wonderful presentation that the news media ignored. This African-American said, practically every harm that has been inflicted upon my community, the African-American community, has been inflicted by the Democratic Party. 1860, the Republican Party was created in order to fight the racism of the Democratic Party, who owned the slaves in the South. The Democratic Party in the South, the Confederacy, declared war on the Republicans, the United States of America, and fought a civil war in April of 1861 and concluding in Appomattox in, uh, in May of 1865. That was the Democratic Party. After the war, the Democratic Party in the South created uh, the Ku Klux Klan to keep blacks in line in the South. So the Democratic Party, the Grand Wizards of the Ku Klux Klan, were all Democrats the Confederate generals were all Democrats. The monuments to the Confederacy were monuments to Democrats. And when that didn't work sufficiently, the Democratic Party began lynching blacks in the South. And The Democratic Party and their representatives lynched about 4,000 blacks in the South. And when that didn't work sufficiently, Jim Crow laws were put into effect by the Democratic Party. Under Woodrow Wilson, Democrat, of course, The the, uh, Ku Klux Klan had huge marches inside Washington, D.C. Franklin Delano Roosevelt banned blacks from joining the military in 39, 40, and 41. And blacks that could join could not bunk with whites under the leadership of the Democrat Franklin Delano Roosevelt. In 1964, when the Civil Rights Act was finally passed, it was filibustered by Democrats to try to keep blacks in their place. And when all that failed when there was huge black middle-class Americans doing quite well. The Democratic Party, beginning with Lyndon Baines Johnson in 1964 through today, is working hard to make sure that Planned Parenthood survives, which over the years has killed 40 million black babies. And where does the Democratic Party slash Planned Parenthood Planned Parenthood put their clinics, it's almost always in the black community. So disproportionately, black babies are killed by Planned Parenthood every day right down there in Mount Auburn. That's the Democratic Party that has destroyed the incentive of many African-Americans by giving welfare Section 8 food stamps. And now the argument is reparations to keep them in their place there. According to this black speaker yesterday in Washington, every problem of my community, he used the word my community, which is the the African-American community, has been directly caused by the Democratic Party. And so now, why do African-Americans vote for Democrats when they're the party of the Confederacy, the Ku Klux Klan, lynchings, Jim Crow, the destruction of the black family, the destruction of black industriousness, and now The murder, the killing of 40 million black babies since 1963, when the founder of Planned Parenthood, Margaret Sanger, was a eugenicist who believed blacks were inferior to whites and had to be killed. And so why is it Planned Parenthood, funded by the Democrats, always puts their clinics in the black community? How many Planned Parenthood facilities are there in Liberty Township or Taylor Mill or Independence? The answer is zero, zilch, None. It doesn't happen. So I'm telling you now, the direction that we're headed in many major cities is a destructive one. Cincinnati, given time, imagine if uh, P.G. Tillery takes over the mayor's position in 2021 and you have people like Tamaya Denard and Greg Landsman in charge of counsel. Cincinnati will look like Detroit. Right now, we have the best prosecutor. And the best police division in the Midwest. Joe Dieters is on the ballot next November. But what's on the ballot is homeless taking over Third Street. What's on the ballot is indictment of police officers. What's on the ballot is the survivability of downtown Cincinnati. And if we permit this to occur, we're going to get the government we deserve, which is Detroit. For the last time a Republican was elected to become mayor of Cincinnati was 1971, almost 50 years ago. His name was Willis Gratison. The south side of Chicago has no functioning society because the Democratic Party has ruined Detroit, Memphis, the south side of Chicago. Look what's happening in Los Angeles, San Francisco, Seattle, Atlanta. Pick the city. Homelessness is rampant. In large parts of L.A., it is uninhabitable. It looks like a third-world country under the leadership of Mayor Garcetti, who spent $500 million to cure homelessness, and all it did was incentivize more. So it's a corrosive, cancerous ideology of the left that now is close to seizing control in Washington and throughout the Midwest. It's incredible to watch. we got thousands on hold. Millions are listening. If my kid, who was 11 or 12 years old, had on a regular basis stolen from Kroger store and it was in Liberty Township or Mason or Taylor Mill, I would have held my child responsible in some physical and manifestation way, grounding that child, taking away the cell phones. The last thing that should have happened is that thief got a quarter of a million dollars in taxpayer money to incentivize that behavior. Well, let's continue. We have thousands and millions are listening. i tell you what, with the sheriff's permission, I think I'll take Mike in Liberty Township right now. Mike in Liberty Township, welcome to the Bill Cunningham Show. Mike, go ahead.
1: Commander, how you doing, brother?
4: Trying to keep a low profile.
1: Hey, you keep a high profile. We need you, brother,
6: on the front lines.
5: Hey, I'll tell you what, Kroger Company should ban back. I see kids from Lakota East after high school. Piling and the Kroger, they go through all these different departments, stealing toys, stealing food, uh, stealing their steak dinner for the evening. There's stuff in their backpacks full, Willie.
4: A- Mike, that's a foolish comment and it's stupid. It does not happen. If it did happen, people would be charged. That was a foolish, stupid comment. Well, let's continue with more. If a line becomes available, five one three seven four nine seven thousand. Pound 700 the new AT&T. And why do cops in uniform have to be stationed at Kroger stores and YMCA's? Doesn't that say something about our society? Bill Cunningham, the great American, live at your home of the Reds, playing tonight on News Radio 700, WLW. Milford. All right, Billy Cunningham, the great American. I'll fight hard for my city, for my principles, for my region, for my country. What's happening in urban areas is despicable, and it's continuing, and it's getting worse. You cannot pay for bad behavior. You're likely to get more of it. And so when you have thieves stealing from Kroger stores and they're compensated to the tune of a quarter of a million dollars by the liberals on city council, you're likely to get more of that behavior. We'll continue with this topic until at least one thirty. That's Rome home with the Reds playing tonight in Milwaukee. On News Radio 700, WLW Cincinnati. and for podcasts. All right, Billy Cunningham, let's get into it now. Uh, yesterday, there was a reparations hearing on... Capitol Hill, uh, conducted by black liberal Democrats to get reparations for African-Americans living today for the sins and crimes committed against their ancestors 150 to 400 years ago. So uh, you can imagine, Dave, the sheriff, let's say 200 years ago, you had a family member. 200 years ago, 10 generations removed from you. And that guy was a bad dude. He raped and robbed and pillaged and killed. Mass murderer. 200 years later, some of the descendants of the people that he killed comes to you and says, Dave, you owe me a bunch of money. 200 years ago, one of your great ancestors committed offenses against me and my neighborhood. And now I'm going to come to Dave, the sheriff, and say, you pay for the sins and crimes of an ancestor yours 200 years ago. What would you say? Dave says, I'll pay everything. But most people would say, I'm not paying a friggin' nickel. You see, number one, it's illegal. It's unconstitutional. You cannot have monies paid out of the federal government based upon race. That is illegal. It's unconstitutional. And number two, it's simply wrong. We don't have a civil jurisprudence system in which sins and crimes committed generations ago are to be paid by innocent parties today. It, we, that's against American jurisprudence completely. So liberals and the left want to keep an issue alive knowing it'll never happen to keep a whole group of people angry at some other group of people, to keep African-Americans angry at white folks or Hispanics or whatever. Right now I'm told uh, I'm 5% black. Do I get 5% reparations based upon my genetic code? Hell no. And besides, we have no money. We uh, borrow about $3 billion a day. We have a national debt now of about $22 trillion. Another trillion dollars every year it goes up. We have no money. And so if you can keep a whole group of people loyal to your philosophy, promising things, that will never happen. I guess the Democratic Party is determined to do that. But uh, Burgess Owens, who's African-American, said yesterday, if you go through what happened to the black community in the 40s, 50s and 60s, another key point of what happened is we turned within ourselves. We didn't think about the government. We didn't think about white people bailing us out. We built our own businesses. We taught our kids. We had functional families. We had churches. Those who became successful stayed in the black community, reinvested in the black community. We were the fastest growing middle class in our country, blacks. And that middle class is the greatest gift of freedom because they're the ones that emphasize they're the ones that came from the tough times. They wanted to continue. Once the middle class grows, great things happen. In fact, there was a black Wall Street in Tulsa. Oklahoma. It was called a black Wall Street in the 1920s and 30s. There were over 60 60 black millionaires. We had theaters, law firms, transit systems, pharmacists, doctors, accountants. We were doing international business. And because we were so successful, the Ku Klux Klan under the leadership of Democrats who hated the progress we were making burned down our community in the next in 12 hours. It was Jim Crow. It was the KKK. It was the Democratic Party that did that. It's the same ones right now targeting our babies and our mothers for abortion. These eugenicists, these folks throughout the last hundred years, have done misery to our race. We need to point them out, unquote. Wow. And African-Americans said to African-Americans today, look at the status of our community in the 30s, 40s, 50s, and 60s. And look at the status of our of our community today. Couldn't have been said any better. Because he's black, he can say these things. Because he's black, he can say that the corrosive, acidic policies of liberalism has destroyed the black community, black businesses, black families. And to make things worse, the Planned Parenthood clinics are always located in the black community to kill as many black babies as is possible. So when government became the mother and the father, of, of the black community. That's when you could point to the fall of that great group of Americans, African-Americans. That's what Burgess Owen said. And I, I believe Thomas Sowell, Clarence Thomas, no different. It is exactly correct.
2: Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring.
1: A laundry? Oh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh?
2: Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, overprohibited by law, 18 plus, terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
4: What if the mainstream media took a month away from bashing Trump and said, you know what? Let's see what has been the impact of liberal policies and pick 10 major cities. Take Chicago, Cincinnati, Detroit, throw in Los Angeles, whatever cities you want to take and say, OK, in the last 20, 30, 40 years, 50 years and in Detroit and in Chicago is 90 years. This political philosophy of government dependence and handouts has dominated in the black community for the last 70, 80 years under demo, under Democratic rule. And let's see the success in education, according to the Department of Education under Obama. Fifty percent of black boys get to be the age of 18 and they do not graduate from high school, according to Obama. And the other 50 percent that graduate, 70 percent read not at the appropriate level. So you have an education system producing large numbers of black kids who can't function in the 21st century, according to Obama. In fact, on the south side of Chicago, where the Obamas lived for most of their life, where Jesse Jackson lives, where Louis Farrakhan lives, where Minister Ayers lives, where Flagger, the Catholic priest, live. That Ron Emanuel, the Obama chief of staff, was the mayor for eight years. The status of the south side of Chicago is representative of what's happening in Avondale, Evanston, representative of what's happening in Memphis, downtown Covington, downtown Dayton or Detroit. The philosophy of liberalism. And dependency is all over those large cities, resulting in what? Flight, fear, lack of education, no job creation, rampant crime. Moms and dads cannot go into the streets at night and walk around. Black churches have largely collapsed. Religion's not a part of the black family life anymore. In the black community, how often is it under liberalism to have like church weddings? How often is it to have a mom and a dad together? when the child is born, married, and together during the entire 18 years of that child's life. I spoke to a teacher who spent 31 years in Cincinnati Public Schools, controlled by the Democratic Party for the last 50 or 60 years. And there's no chance for any other political philosophy to win, right? You can't win. Conservative, Republican, no, no, it's it's impossible. Libertarian, impossible. It's all Democrats. He told me, That he cannot recall one time at a parent-teacher conference where a mom and a dad who were married on the day of the child's birth and was married the entire time of that child being in high school actually graduating. It does not happen. It is rare. It is rare in CPS to have a functioning family raising children. It doesn't work that way. Just the opposite is the case. And the philosophy has got nothing to do with race. Because the majority of poor people in America are white. It's got has to do with the philosophy and it has to do with how you conduct yourselves. So you you see little things that communicate big things. Now, I got to get to the calls. Two things. One is when a thief steals from Kroger and instead of the parent. I didn't see the father anywhere, of course, because government pays Parents to be irresponsible on condition you don't get married, in which case we'll pay for it. You have the mother who's complaining about the treatment of the child. And so when you have a society that pays a thief in her family a quarter of a million dollars, then you have a society at a YMCA where cops show up, and you have seemingly mentally ill person bashing the face of a cop in, And no one in city council arising and saying we can't have this. In fact, the opposite is true. There was second questioning whether a taser could have been used or should have been used that had met no measurable effect. We are in deep, deep trouble. It's not about race. If it was about race, Clarence Thomas would be applauded in the black community because he's black. No, no. It's about political philosophy, control of government to keep an entire group of people dumbed down, getting government benefits at someone else's expense to keep them voting a certain way, then to scare and fear, eh, strike fear in their heart and scare the hell out of them, that but for me, things could get so much worse. When the Confederate monuments are being torn down and defaced all over the South, those are monuments to the Democratic Party. Because they're all Democrats. The Confederacy was all Democrats. Wasn't a Republican anywhere. But you got to twist and turn history on its head so you can't recognize it. And so when little things happen and big things happen, it understands there's a philosophy behind that of government control of our individual lives. If you send somebody a check every month or give them benefits based upon their political affiliation, that's exactly the problem in large parts of poor white America and poor black America. There are large sections of our country in which poor white Americans get checks from the government and their behavior is consistent with poor black folks or poor Hispanic folks who don't work. Imagine getting up on Monday morning with nothing to do. Imagine bringing children into the world you can't afford and having someone else raise them. Imagine eugenicists and race hustlers who uniformly place Planned Parenthood facilities in the black community so as to kill as many black babies as is possible. According to Burgess Owens, I testified yesterday in the Congress. There's been 40 million black babies killed since 1973. And the Democratic Party wants to ensure more money is given to Planned Parenthood under the auspices of women's health, a mother's health. It is not healthy to have an abortion and to kill a black baby. In Cincinnati, I'm led to believe, correct me if I'm wrong, but about 70 to 80 percent of the baby babies aborted a Planned Parenthood center in Mount Auburn are black because they locate the facility there and they have to have government pay them money to keep the abortion mill moving. That is despicable. So the democratic party cannot call itself what it is. They project to the Republicans, their behavior as being racist when they're the true racist, then they buy off the leadership of the black community uh, through money in order to keep them in line. All right, let's continue thousands on hold millions and millions are listening we have calls from Newport Grove City Columbus Liberty Township many other places let's continue with more bill cunningham the great american if a line becomes available 7497000 or pound 700 the new 18t what if the media covered the story in that way and gave trump 30 days off go into the south side of chicago go into detroit in which farm animals are grazing and say these are the results of decades of liberalism and the harm and the danger it's caused to the American people. Go into Los Angeles, where 60,000 homeless are on the streets, where the Democrats have said let them camp out on the streets month after month, year after year, where bubonic plague, typhus, hepatitis is rampant, where businesses cannot operate and everyone's afraid to do anything to enforce the law. It is illegal to live on the streets of Los Angeles. Massive lawlessness is taking place. Then the Democrats also propose knocking down the border fences to allow more migrants to come in. It's incredible to watch. Let's continue with your calls. 513-749-7000. Why are police at YMCA's and why are police at Kroger stores? Because of massive lawlessness incentivized by Democrats and liberalism to seek to keep as many people as possible dumbed down and beholding to them. Bill Cunningham, 700. com. Burgess Owens said yesterday during the reparations hearing put together by liberal Democrats in the Congress the following quote. What happened to us in the black community is a prototype of what America will go through if we don't wake up and understand what we're up against. We don't want to happen. We don't want to happen to the rest of America what's happened to us over the past 50 years. This is typical of what black leaders are doing. They mentioned this was all about white people. No, it wasn't. It's about the Democratic Party. The whole issue with President Roosevelt, FDR, he made a big deal about how to keep our race down during his administration because the Southern Democrats owned FDR. When you think about it, reparations is an issue that will never happen. Number one, federal courts will strike it down. It's illegal. It's unconstitutional to issue benefits based upon race and race alone. So it's illegal and constitutional. Number two, it's simply wrong to blame generations in the future For offenses, sins and crimes and outrages conducted against someone of my skin color 150 to 400 years ago, it is simply wrong. But secondly, the real goal is to keep a vulnerable population down by acting as if terrible things are about to happen to you, but for me. But I got to be paid along the way. When the text messaging came out and it was obvious that city council was paying off Dwight Tillery, the former mayor of Cincinnati, African-American, through a group called the Center for Closing the Healthcare Gap. The first thing Dwight Tillery mentioned in his text messages is there's going to be a race riot unless you pay me. Pay me off, and then I'll keep everybody in line. For older African Americans, Roseland, Avondale were functioning communities with a functioning middle class until the Democrats seized control. Look at the buildings in Avondale and Evanston, how they looked 50, 60 years ago before the cancer of liberalism infected the Democratic Party and they practiced on African-American peoples. And that wasn't always the Democratic Party. Look at the Democratic Party recently in the last 60 or 70 years under John F. Kennedy. Look at that party. It completely flipped and changed. The Democratic Party is the party of slavery, Jim Crow, lynchings, black dependency— terrible public schools, rampant crime, and open southern borders. Is that what you want? Speak to the elders of the black community that have not been paid off about how things were 30, 40, 50 years ago. You'll get a completely different vision of how their community is today. Despite spending billions of dollars to solve poverty, all you've done is fund it, which results in more. If you fund something, you get more. If you tax it, you get less. You tax work, you'll get less. Pay people not to work and pay people not to get married. Guess what? As the government did, people won't get married. And the effects of that is visited upon inner city schools every day. Let's continue with more. The line becomes available. 513-749-7000. 130 Home of Your Reds playing tonight in Milwaukee. All on News Radio 700, WLW Cincinnati.
2: That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Group. Void. were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.
4: Oh, my God. And Osuna pitches, and it's a swing and a ground ball
0: up the middle. Base hit. Here comes Senzel. The throw to the plate. Not in time. And this one belongs to the Reds. What a two-out comeback by this Reds ball club as a 5 winker. Out on the field, a hard-hit ground ball that
5: just eluded the second baseman, Altuve. And from that point
0: on, it was no contest. A game-tying base hit by Senzel and a first-pitch game-winning base hit by Jesse Winker. And
4: the Reds have rallied here in the ninth inning to win this game and sweep the three-game series. Final score today, 3-2.
0: to two said you were there give me a live update Willie. I never saw a game turn around as quick and a, and a little a long time as that one did in the blink of an eye what about joey Votto? what about well, him well jose peraza doubled and you're thinking all right they got this they got the tying run and scoring they got position. it all they got it all tucker barnhart comes up as a pinch hitter do well, it strikes out strikes out now what about joey, joey Votto. Votto? what about joey vado what about vado 25 million bucks well, he's been hitting the ball pretty good, Willie. But yesterday, really? as of late, really? Um, you know, I don't know about that strikeout. So you're, you're down. You're, you've got two outs. Over. Still the runner at second Senzel. base. Senzel, don't forget about Senzel. Well, Senzel comes up, knocks in Paraza barely. Two, two to two. Then first pitch, the Wink. Is he related to Ralph Winkler? I don't think so. All right, the Wink gets it done. to done. The Wink does it again. Now, can they use this as a platform for the next four games in Uh, Milwaukee? Who, by the way, got swept
4: by the pods.
0: That's right, Willie. They've lost three in a row and four of five. The Reds are only five and a half out of first place. In fourth place, right? It not make a difference. They're five and a half behind those Chicago Cubs. Rachel, are you excited?
7: I've always been excited.
0: There's always hope. You're the I've, only one who's yeah. been not Mr. Negative. Seven no, nine, I'm
7: realistic. We've been here. We've been on the wagon this entire time. On we the don't wagon. jump off and off this on and off this bandwagon. Sure. We are there. Are you people, accusing
1: right?
4: me of being a bandwagon jumper? Yes. You want to think about that before why's you your, answer? Why is your left
0: ankle wrapped? Mm-mm. I'm saying right now, I sense great. Well, you got a You got a bandage on your left ankle. Why is that? They can't go up there and get swept by the Brewers. Would you agree? Uh, yeah, that, and then they got to go face uh, Mike Trout next Tuesday and Wednesday. That is the weirdest road trip I've ever heard the Reds be on. they got to go to Milwaukee. They fly out of Milwaukee Sunday. They, go to, they fly to Los Angeles Monday, have an off day. Tuesday and Wednesday, Trout, Albert Pool Holes, Tuesday and Wednesday, and fly home off, off on next Thursday. Then back. I to sometimes the- wonder if these guys know how to spell the word logic. Thank you, thank well, you, Marty.
4: Most importantly, you told me off the air. There's a methamphetamine addicted squirrel. Yes, that Chip Hart's very offended about a yes. methamphetamine. Well, addicted. Not Slimmy.
7: No, uh, we okay. are we, we are talking about more crimes against squirrels. This has obviously been a problem. We've been addressing it. Squirrels' lives matter. Now we have come across a story from Alabama. During a drug raid, officers found a methamphetamine dosed squirrel, whose job it was to be an attack squirrel. For said drug dealers. Wait
4: a minute. Not a pit bull. No. They had a squirrel.
7: No. I mean, homeowners insurance is really (laughs) expensive when you have a pit bull. No one's looking for a squirrel.
4: What? What the hell? Well, what's the squirrel going to do if they.
7: We have video of the squirrel. The squirrel is aggressive. We have body cam footage of the squirrel. You think I would leave us wondering what the squirrel's aggression level was? So the squirrel would attack? Yes, he was trying to attack through his cage. He was trying to get at the officers when they arrived on the premises. Even one officer radioing into... Need help. Yeah, no, he's saying, I'm dealing with a very, you know, aggressive squirrel right now.
4: Roll their war wagon. Get the wagon here. We got a squirrel.
7: So they are currently looking for the man who dosed the squirrel in the first place. The squirrel has been quarantined and is going to be released back into the wild. So there's a happy story. His misery has ended he will go on to be part of nature like he was intended. Is
0: he Ta- coming to
4: Madeira? Talk to the ladies in Madeira about Squirrel Rescue. He Maybe might need some
7: rehab. A
4: methamphetamine-addicted attack squirrel. Yes. On the blog.
7: On the blog.
0: Seg your reaction? That's Action Thursday on the blog, brother. Please mm-hmm. continue.
7: Uh, we also have the update on uh, the Kenneth Ranieri case, the uh, self-help guru who has now been convicted of all of the sex trafficking charges he was he was originally charged with um and also coercing women into sex he could spend life in prison it only took the jury five hours to come back with a guilty verdict did he do it on all charges
4: and the jury yes. said he did it
7: well yeah how no, did you the, the, his defense attorney didn't even say that he didn't do it he said he did he just said it wasn't illegal
4: So he and numerous 25-year-old women, Mm -hmm. very attractive, including Hollywood actresses.
7: And heiresses, yes.
4: Serving as his sex slave.
7: Yes. And he took nude photos of them and held those as blackmail in case they got out of line.
4: Seg, your reaction?
0: That's another Action Thursday for you.
4: Very much so. Wow. Wow. We got Mike Mills in here for the first time in my life. I'm able to hear clearly in my headset. And you got new headphones yes. for the first
0: time It's 75 years. I want to thank Rachel.
4: do I look good with these JVCs? You look good. Mm-hmm. And would they cost $12? Fifteen. Fifteen dollars.
7: But but we got you like the fancy red color.
4: There's my we, those should go to the Smithsonian right. Oh, well, we're gonna the,
0: hang them up in here just like
4: your uh, car. Yeah, hang them. I've had them at least for 25 years.
7: They are hanging on literally by a thread. It's just one thread to one headphone that is keeping everything together.
4: Keep them right there. We we
7: got you new stuff. Get
4: to the Smithsonian. What else is on the blog other than meth-addicted squirrels and the cops who hate them?
7: Uh, We also have that uh, baseball brawl that you sent me. Not bad. Uh, All the parents. Yeah.
0: Acting up. Nice parents.
4: Parents are acting up.
7: Seven-year-olds playing t-ball. There was a 13-year-old umpire. Why why don't you... The, the parents weren't happy with the calls that the umpire was making, who's 13.
0: It's T-ball.
7: Right. And There's it, no balls melee. and strikes. Melee ensued. Huh?
0: Don't you put the ball on the tee and then the kid hits it? I've yeah. seen it. Huh? How's Look, there balls and strikes and T-ball?
4: I'm watching the Madeira soccer game. My grandson's playing, kicking a ball, what Or does? I don't understand soccer much. The, the fans on the other side were so nasty to the referees. Mm-hmm. That they ordered out of the facility seven or eight fathers who really? were yelling. And well, I'm, no
0: wonder nobody wants to be an umpire. Well, why or would you officiate anymore? You get you get threatened. When I was coaching the Crable Bob Crable Crabs, yeah, we were back and forth. I, I
4: didn't, but the parents and I told our parents, you got to quit doing this. At the end of the game, we're in the dugout, and the other team, the manager ordered his players to walk across the field, go into our dugout to confront my players. Wow. <laughs> And there's baseball bats in their hands. I'm thinking, what the hell is this? And this is is how how old kids? They were 14.
0: And this was when? What year?
4: I don't know. It's been the late 80s, early 90s. And I'm thinking the emotions at these games far beyond adult human behavior and these are opportunities for parents to teach kids how to handle defeat Mm -hmm. because life is filled with say look your life your life is filled with defeats and losses every day correct and you got to learn how to deal with it correct rachel your life is filled with glory and greatness
7: yeah kind of so every now and you're
4: immune to this i'm immune Uh, and, and athletics should teach a young person how to handle defeat and losses Degradation,
0: well, and you never lost. I never lost. Look how you're handling no, it now. I, I played for sixty-second shop, we lost all the time. And then you played for what? Thomas another? Funeral Home. Right. What were they? What were you going to do?
4: We will bury you. Right. And we did. So these parents don't know how to handle defeat. No. And they got. How old's the umpire? 13. Fourteen. And the, the fathers are attacking the umpire.
7: Yes.
0: Get Joe West over there.
7: We also have footage of another ghost. I know you love the ghost videos. Oh, I love ghosts.
4: Mike Mills sends me ghost stories all the time from Indiana.
7: (laughs) There's a a ghost apparently in a particular guitar shop in England, and he can be seen on security security camera. It might be. Jimmy Hendricks? It might be. Really? Yes. So we have that on the blog, Jennifer
4: Aniston. I used to date her. Yes, of course. She, her first house in Holmby Hills, was haunted.
7: I believe And that. when I
4: visited her there, and uh, things moved on her dresser. And I said, Jennifer, we got to stop is
7: well, Isn't that place up in the hills? Yes, it is. Yeah, it o- overlooks all of Hollywood. It's yes. very pretty. Very yeah. nice
4: at night. Mm-hmm.
0: We had many good nights there, Seg. Why don't you give me some sports? Willie, the, uh, the uh, Stooge Report is a proud service of your local Tempstar. Heating and air conditioning dealers. Tempstar. Quality, you can feel in beautiful Milford. The home of one main gallery. You know, Jeff Henderson. Who owns that? I never liked that guy. I never liked Jeff Henderson. Call Baker Heating at 831-5124. Sports! What about Rob Braun, you, Channel 12, saying, I'm leaving, I'm not retiring from Channel 12. I think that uh, Rob Braun ought to be in this studio and talk about the life and times of Rob Braun pretty soon. I sent him a text. Well, he's got to come on. I
4: like to do uh, an hour with him. Oh, Not about the negative, but the positive. Bingo. 25 years of number one. At Channel 12, and they don't want him. They said to him, we don't want you. They I say, we want to
0: thank uh, Ron's Roost Restaurant and Bar, the world's greatest fried chicken, for your lunch today. Lovely Pam bringing down your lunch, celebrating 60 years on the good old west side. When's the move to Kenwood? 3853 Race Road at 5740222. 22. When's the move to Kenwood? It's not happening. What about Price Hill Chili, making it Kenwood Chili? When's that? I don't know. You know more about that than I do. That's what I hear. Uh, Tanner Roark against Jimmy Nelson tonight, Willie. Reds kick off a six game road trip, first of four against that Brew crew in Milwaukee. Uh, Lance will kick it off at 6.05 a sports talk. His special guest, Reds President of Baseball Operations, Mr. Dick Williams. Uh, RNL Carriers inside pitch at 7.05 and then that Kelsey Chevrolet X inning show after, after the, the game. game. They better win tonight. What about and- Joey Votto
4: and his? 98-mile-an-hour fastball, belt high, middle of the plate, man on second, gives us that chopping movement. What the hell is that? Can I talk
0: with him next time he's in town? Sure. Oh, I passed along your message to David Bell. What was the message? About him having – that he, the other night he became the Reds manager for sure about his move with Iglesias v. Lorenzen. Remember Correct. you said he had big – Cayones, close enough. It's Spanish transaction, correct. Well, he was very happy with that, and he said, "Tell Willie, thank you. He's a great American." He started laughing and walked off. What I may do it come to? I taught that kid I'm how to saying. hit. I mean, he I, couldn't I passed hit. along the message. He couldn't hit. He said, "Thank you very much." He said, I'm, "You're now the Reds manager for sure." Willie says, "Well." And he appreciates that.
4: When he lived in Hunter's Trail in Indian Hill, I'd go over there late at night in the batting cage. Buddy put behind his house a net. And I worked on David Bell's hitting and his stroke. And I taught him how to hit it. The top of the ball, not the bottom of the ball. You got to see the ball and hit the top of the ball. Don't hit the bottom of the ball. He said, thank you. From there on, he became a 12-year Major League player. Did you also
0: tell him if he's having trouble to up in the box? And back, back in, the, in box. the box. Left and closer right. to the plate. And, and don't chop. Don't away chop. from the plate. Choke up on the bat. Choke down on the bat.
4: Rachel, did you see the strikeout of Joey Votto yesterday? I did not. No. 98. Here it is. I'll show you how bad it is. Joey Votto. Mm-hmm. Man on second. First base is open. What do teams now do? Do they say Texas, El Paso, Joey, take first? Nah, bubba, nah, nah, bubba. What do they say? We're pitching to this guy. That tells you, number one, he's not a hitter. Number two, it's like one and two, man on second. $25 million. Needs a hit to tie the game. Takes a fastball right down Broadway, and the best he can do is that chop he does. Didn't even th- say, did he swing the bat? Uh, about halfway. He kind of began to swing, swing and stop. He needs my help. Because if they're well, not why don't you w- come down now. I'm gonna come down. Okay. Yeah, would w- he let me take him off to the side?
0: I don't I, I would think that the Reds management would be very happy uh, with you uh, working with Mr. When Votto.
4: I played for Xavier, if there yep. was a first base open with man on second, what did they do? <laughs> Willie put Willie on first. Yep but Votto, they're saying Votto's batting. We're
0: pitching to this guy. What does that tell you? Not good. Willie, yeah, the NBA draft is set for tonight. Coverage at 7 on ESPN 1530. Good luck to uh, former Texas and Moeller standout Jackson Hayes. I listened to Carl Kramer last night.
4: You know, Lance McAllister, under my leadership, is starting to do a good job on sports talk. Head on
0: Carl Kramer last night, live from New York City. He's expected to go into top 10. Looks like he might be headed to the Atlanta Hawks. They need him. They need Correct. a whole new team. Correct. They stink. Zion Williamson looks to go number one to New Orleans. The Z. And then Memphis, and then the Knicks, Jehoma and then third. Uh,
4: who's second? John ja. Memphis. Memphis.
0: we got to run. Once again, we have
4: meth-addicted squirrels yes. on the blog. Yes. You don't get that everywhere.
7: No, squirrels' lives matter.
0: segment man, get me out of the studio. report. Willie, in honor of the, on this day, 2004. 2004? Ken Griffey, Jr., Number Knocked down the door to the 500 home run club. St. Louis. In St. Louis, the 20th major league player to reach that milestone on Father's Day 2004.
4: You know, after that trade, Mike Cameron had better statistics in Seattle than Ken Griffey had with the Reds. You aware of that?
0: We leave you with the immortal words of the Stooge Report. So what? If, we, if we're too soft, you know what? I'd rather be too soft than too hard.
4: Well, wait a minute. What are you laughing about, Rachel? Lance. What about his wife?
7: God bless her.
4: I think what she put up, she know. puts up with. I know. Just wearing the Deer Park jersey would be offensive that to me.
7: She is. She is a good woman, right there. That's a good woman.
4: Segment. Thank you. Yes, sir. Bill Cunningham, seven hundred WLW. Mm-hmm. I make a rich woman
3: babe. and I make a good woman steal old woman
0: blush, and I make a young girl sweet. I want to be yours, pretty baby, yours and yours
3: alone. I'm here to tell you, honey, that I'm bad to the bone, bad to the bone, bad to
4: the bone. Right, Billy Cunningham, the great American uh, news came out two or three days ago that a Syrian refugee in and around Pittsburgh had planned to blow up 10 Christian churches. FBI caught him just barely ahead of time. On uh, Tuesday, a report came out of ICE that hundreds of illegal migrants carry criminal histories. Among those were hundreds have been charged with uh, murder, aggravated assault and sexual offenses. There was a jogger and a female jogger in New Jersey on uh, on uh, Monday who was repeatedly raped and beaten to death by two migrants who had been uh, deported twice and came back and She's dead. There's rampant criminality occurring that the media largely ignores because it doesn't fit their diatribe. Joining me now is Dave Ray of Fair Federation for American Immigration Reform. And David Ray, welcome again on the Bill Cunningham Show. David, how are you? Hey, doing great, Bill. How about you, my friend? I've had you on many times. Here we are toward the end of June. Are things getting better? Things getting worse. I sense there's a meltdown. I when I watch out of news out of Los Angeles about Fifty to 60,000 illegals, of which one-third are living on the streets of Los Angeles, is homeless with hypodermic needles, bubonic plague, typhus, hepatitis A, B, C, D, E, F, and G. Uh, I sense things are terrible. Kind of give us an overview of what's happening now on the southern border.
3: Well, I'm going to try to be a little bit more optimistic than that uh, outlook there, Bill. You know, the president... um, did some great handiwork recently with the as of a tariff as a club to coax mexico into stepping up its efforts to enforce its own southern border yes. let's face it our congress isn't going to act no. so maybe mexico's congress will but uh, using the tariff threat the, uh, Uh, The president was able to talk Mexico into uh, sending 6,000 federal agents to its southern border, where all of these people are coming through from Central America. It's uh, increased a program where they hold uh, asylum applicants, which is the vast majority of the people who are fleeing into the United States are asking for political asylum, but they're never showing up for their hearings. So they're really not intent on seeking political asylum. They're just gimmicking their way in. Uh, And so they will now be held in Mexico until their hearings come up, uh, which could be 12 to 18 months down the road. And that is a huge uh, deterrent to future uh, illegal immigrants. But the biggest thing is something that would have to be uh, uh, adopted by the Mexican Congress, but there's a very likely chance – the president has mentioned this. Uh, intimated a couple times that Mexico may be willing to sign what's called a third, a safe, country, third safe country agreement. Now, be, slow down. Explain
4: what that is, because the average Americans don't understand about the third party agreement, which might be critical. Explain what that is.
3: Yeah, so Mexico would act as a safe third country, meaning that anybody from Central America or South America who comes into Mexico has to ask for political asylum in Mexico. That uh, the United States has a similar agreement with uh, with uh, Canada and it has worked well people used to fly into Canada and then hop across the border and ask for asylum here so that would mandate that people who are coming up through the Americas once they reach Mexico they have to ask for political asylum in Mexico and that would uh, ensure that they uh, that, that would that would certainly take a huge amount of the pressure off of our border because it would automatically negate these asylum claims that are happening in the tens of thousands. Uh, you know, we had 100,000, sure. 141,000 apprehensions uh, last month alone, third wow. month in a row where we've had more than 100,000. So this could be a huge thing. Now, this would have to be approved by Mexico's Congress, but let's face it, Bill, we're probably going to get more help in this situation from Mexico's Congress than we are our own because we know that the Democrats are not going to budge on closing any of these asylum loopholes that are happening along the southern border that uh, that are allowing people to come in uh, at basically at will using our asylum laws. I mean, they just busted up uh, uh, a child recycling racket.
4: Explain that because they're renting children under a rouge of saying uh, you got to keep their families together because Democrats uh, all, and that CNN talks about kids in cages. And yeah. so uh, this is a game played by the Mexican drug cartel. Explain right. that to the American people.
3: So, so child recycling, yes, you heard it right, child recycling has become kind of the newest gimmick uh, used by those who are wishing to skirt our immigration laws. It goes something like this. Illegal aliens know that if you show up with a kid, You can't be held for more than 20 days in detention, and then by U.S. law, you have to be released. So everyone wants a kid, right? Some are kidnapped from Central America. Now we have kids that are being recycled. A group enters with a child. As soon as the group is released, the child is sent back to Central America or back to Mexico, paired up with another group, and they come in again. This is not... A unique situation, Bill. It's happened more than 4,800 times over a seven month period. They busted one Guatemalan woman who confessed to recycling children 13 different times for payments of $1,500 a child. This is how U.S. law and our inability to, uh, close loopholes, uh, and to address court settlements that have over time, uh, Led to huge incentives to for illegal immigration and asylum abuse. This is how our laws are causing our own problem, and so we. Well, David, can you tell
4: me because I think the reason is. The Democrats will not solve this problem is because they see illegal immigration as their way to maintaining power for the rest of the century because you're mainstreaming illegal immigrants to get driver's licenses, which makes you automatically registered to vote in many states. And then the ballot is sent to your home and then you vote through the mail or it's picked up and sent in but by uh, Democratic operatives, no one, checks Im- no one checks citizenship status. Is that the reason Democrats are acting against the interests of this country so that they can maintain power in- through the end of this century?
3: I certainly think that that is a key part of the calculus. You know, the Democratic Party's new philosophy seems to be let them in, let them stay, let them vote they've already announced that they are not going to change any asylum laws as they are you know bill a center for immigration studies came out and uh, released released a report that showed sixty-five percent of new citizens register democrat so the democrats are facing a situation where they're losing americans uh... by the thousands because of their policies and this is a way for them to import supporters if you will I can't see any other reason why they would be blocking this. I mean, it certainly doesn't make sense to allow people to come into our uh, country 100,000 or more a month. We know nothing about them. They're released within some
2: It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win?
3: sometimes within a couple weeks. In some cases, these illegal aliens are being walked around TSA agents in airports. These are people who show up without any paperwork at all, to the best of our knowledge. They're being walked around TSA agents and placed on airplanes next, in regular domestic flights sitting next to Americans. And it's not just Central America anymore. There are people coming from all over the world. They're coming from Central Africa. They're coming from the Middle East. They're coming in asking for asylum. We know nothing about these folks. We do know from the Border Patrol that most of them destroy all of their identity documents on the way here, so they could be anybody for all we know. And within a matter of days or hours, they are released into the interior of the country. Ninety percent of them will never even uh, move through on their asylum claim. They're simply trying to disappear within the interior, hoping to get a job, and lay low. And, it, you know, if the Democrats are successful in gutting ICE, which is certainly one of their top, uh, uh, on the top of their to-do list, then there's not, you know, ICE is the, is the organization that finds people in the interior and removes them. So it seems to be, you know, they don't want to stop them at the border. They no. don't want to deport no. them. They want to, you know, they want a country dotted with sanctuary cities where illegal aliens right. can't be touched by the federal government. I mean, it really does – they seem to be putting together a tapestry of, of laws and incentives that, that make it impossible to regain control of the border. So,
4: so how, does, how does this change? I can have – you're great. you got the topics. you got a great posting on your website. The fiscal burden of illegal immigration on American taxpayers, about 100, $120, 130000000000 a year that we can identify. It's terrible. It's awful. The emergency rooms, the schools – The orphanages, the welfare system, homeless populations, 120, 30 billion might be a drop in the bucket. And and nothing stops it. In fact, Democrats uh, like Beto O'Rourke, who pretends to be Hispanic, says tear down the walls, knock down all the walls. So illegals get on planes. They land here. TSA takes them around. Everybody don't have documents. Put them on planes. Take them somewhere else. Bus loads of illegals come up from Nicaragua or wherever and uh, they have to be shipped somewhere. So they go to New Hampshire, they go to Maine, Cincinnati. Cincinnati's a sanctuary city. They go to Chicago, they're dropped off, and they live on the streets, and they try to work, and this goes on and on and on. The country's being destroyed.
3: What stops it? Well, hopefully the president's agreement is going to be the beginning of the end of this cycle. Uh, We should see if if this works, and it seems that Mexico is doing, is taking great strides as we speak to capture and send people back to Central America. They're also working on a, an agreement with Guatemala that says anybody who lands up in Guatemala has to ask for asylum there. So there's multi, you know, there, there are other aspects of this. But A, we need to give Mexico time to see if their part of the deal is uh, going to come through. But then secondly, we need to keep the pressure on our own government to fix our asylum laws. We want our asylum laws to work for those who deserve to be protected in the United States from their governments, but they are not meant to be a way to sidestep the U.S. legal immigration process. We have to keep... Heat on our members of Congress to close the loopholes in our asylum uh, laws that are allowing up. this situation to go on. Well,
4: Democrats work against the interests of working folks in the African American community. There's nothing more destructive of the African American community than to have tens of millions of illegals show up in cities to take jobs, educational opportunities, etc. And so, if African Americans, if leadership, if black leaders say, stop this, but African Americans in the Congress are right there with Nancy Pelosi, keeping it coming. How is it possible you have an entire race of Americans represented by the Black Congressional Caucus
3: working against the interest of Black folks? I uh, don't understand those uh, internal dynamics. Although, you know, I, if you talk to rank and if you look at the polls, rank and file uh, African Americans uh, agree that. Uh, you know, illegal immigration needs to be brought under control. And uh, polling shows that everyone wants the asylum laws fixed. Uh, you know, where are the unions, the the, the groups that's, that that have long that for many years fought to secure our borders because they wanted to save American jobs for American workers? They've been completely silent on this as well. And I think it's because the unions are now starting to employ large numbers of illegal immigrants. You know, Bill. This is doable. This is not something that the United States can't tackle. Uh, Lindsey Graham is working on a deal right now. I don't know how ugly it's going to get after the Democrats try to amend it, but right now it's called a skinny asylum bill. All it would do would be to fix the asylum laws. This whole problem would be ended in a matter of hours. Uh, We'll see where that bill goes. It was supposed to be marked up today, and they canceled it maybe next week or the following week. We can't lose hope, but we have to keep pressure. We have to keep pressure on our elected officials. This is not okay. It is not right to be letting all these people into the country whom we know nothing about, who've not had I mean, we're now bringing in people using our asylum laws who are coming from countries, you know, that have Ebola outbreaks in Central and West Africa. This is and and within hours they're ending up on planes. I mean, there's not, to the best of my knowledge, any health screening going on. None. No, Dave,
4: How about 5,000 illegal immigrants are held in detention centers because of communicable diseases? Right. There's been reports in Los Angeles of typhus and the bubonic plague. And right. no, one, no medical checks are being done and these individuals released into the community, into our schools. Measles outbreaks are everywhere. What if the media spent 30 days, instead of yeah. attacking Trump, Going after just a health crisis presented right. by illegals who don't have inoculations, don't have shots, have a different hygiene regimen. What if the what if CNN spent a month on that issue?
3: Yeah, well, uh, they Good seem luck. to be yeah they seem to be so uh, overly focused and and stuck on the president that they can't think about anything else. Everything has to have the word Trump in it but uh you know these are issues that we can handle as a nation we've done it in the past Got to. uh we, fair has suggested that we put together detention uh facilities on the border to hold people once they come in if while they st- keep coming and then put mo- mobile asylum courts in those detention facilities we use that very same um uh scheme in, uh, in 1989 against Nicaraguans and other Central Americans who were Jeez. fleeing for economic reasons, we stopped it in its tracks. Now some of the loopholes since then have have uh, appeared, but the, the ones that at least left, let the children out after right. 20 days, but, but we could be holding everyone else for a much longer period, give them their hearings, and send them home. It's not until they start seeing buses of Central Americans returning home. That, that people are going to get the message, this well, is a waste of our time and we can't get our uh, jobs. The other thing I'll, I'll say real quickly, quick we got 20 seconds. President Trump's initiative to find and deport the deportable million immigrants and illegal immigrants in the country could have a big impact on this as well because it will make people know that they can't get away with it.
4: Federation for American Immigration Reform, David Ray. I hope I I have you on in a year or two. And this thing's much better. This is a national <laughs> emergency. I hope you have me on before then. I I'll will. Take I that will
3: with you, buddy, David
4: Ray. Very much. Uh, let's continue. Let's continue. It's unbelievable. Bill Cunningham, News Radio Seven Hundred WLW. Queen City Sausage. Behold oh,
0: the cave, of Right. Keep me covered. What you? Just keep me covered.
3: Too late! Uh, what? There he is! Where? There! What, behind the rabbit? It is the rabbit.
0: You silly sod! What? you girl's all worked up! Why, well, that's no ordinary rabbit. What? That's the most foul, cruel and bad tempered rodent you ever set eyes on. I saw my arm and I was so scared. Look, that rabbit's got a vicious streak a mile wide. It's a killer. he will do you a treat, mate. I'm warning you. What's he do? Nibble your bum? He's got huge sharp. He can leap about. Look at the bones. Go on, boys, Chop his head off. Right, Right. silly little beater. One rabbit suit coming
3: right up. Look. I warned you. Hello. Hello.
0: Hello. 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 Huh. 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 Quiet,
3: numbskulls. I'm broadcasting. I'm oh, broadcasting.
4: You bonehead. <laughs> oh, Jesus God. Christ, I warned you, Monty Python. Now, this is relatable, Rocky, because... Rachel is here about the story of the amphetamine addicted squirrel.
7: Yes, the attack squirrel.
4: I have Wayne Carucci here, who's a hunter, a good friend of Chip Hart that eats squirrels. Mm-hmm. Tell Wayne Carucci about the squirrel.
7: The DEA and police in Alabama made a drug raid at a drug house. And instead of finding, you know, the usual, a pit bull, to guard the said drug house, you know, they found a rabid squirrel that had been dosed with meth in order to keep it aggressive. He had been continually dosed with meth to be aggressive, and we have the video of him aggressively charging his cage, trying to get at officers that were responding.
1: Well, what kind of half-assed drug dealer uses a squirrel? Why not a Doberman? or uh, I mean, some of the drug dealers around here apparently have wolf, like these dog-wolf hybrid kind of things. Yeah, now, that's kind of tough, but uh, a squirrel?
7: Imagine the the homeowner's insurance with a dog like that. It's
1: true, you uh, also got to think about how the price of food, right. kibble, if you will. I
7: mean, this this squirrel probably uh, lived off a few leaves and meth. Right?
1: I don't think who they deal
7: much
4: with Alvin Roar and insurance issues if you're a drug <laughs> I don't dealer. Think that, yeah. Wayne Carucci, welcome again to the Bill Cunningham Show, Hi. Vinny. How are you?
6: you say Willie. Willie, who who chooses these topics for your show? You got a program director there still? <laughs> we what got the hell. We,
4: we got um Have you ever seen Wayne in your hunting days a meth addicted squirrel? No. Have I you, don't
6: think Chip Hart has either.
4: Have you eaten squirrel? Absolutely. How now? I now, Rocky, give the point about. I just had Ron's roost chicken, which I love. Mm-hmm. Explain about chickens and squirrels, Rocky. No,
1: because someone the other day was making the comment that. You know, chickens, by and large, are, are very dirty animals. A lot of times, the, the ones that are processed are kept in cages and all that. But squirrels, at least, are are kind of free range, right? They're not, you know, walking around and standing in their own feces all day. So would, would it not make more sense to eat
0: a... Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family.
7: VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Avoid where prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. A squirrel
6: (laughs) than a chicken. (laughs) Hey, hey, Rocky, you went to Notre Dame, right?
1: Of course. (laughs) (laughs) Well, well,
6: squirrels, it's a delicacy. It's really good. And now listen, I played. New little College Basketball in Alabama, those, those might be my old people down there. What part of Alabama was this, Rachel? You
7: know what? They did not disclose, probably for legal reasons. I they think it was around
4: like... Troy State University No, I like no. <laughs>
7: think
4: so? Maybe it was. No. <laughs> nice. No, thanks a lot. Yeah, the Trojans. Troy the State Trojans. Trojans.
6: Trojans. Right.
4: Well, now, right. Well, Wayne, would you rather eat a chicken or a squirrel? Probably a chicken. Why? But at 30,
6: they're That's filthy. Just, it, it, well, it's a, it's a, Well, get organic chicken. You can't get organic. Well, I guess they are organic squirrels, technically. I guess so that's you know, kind of my
1: boys. All yeah. Yeah, are, point. All squirrels are are all you know. They're they're free open range. Yeah,
6: yeah good point. I'm, I can't argue. See?
1: Yeah, have at it. See, I did go I, either, day. I would. I wouldn't. I wouldn't.
6: <laughs> I wouldn't <laughs> eat one that it was full of methane. I don't think. Yeah, or don't, uh, meth. 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 And meth. Yeah, what, yeah, what, meth. What do you either do? Either one.
4: But I mean, do you put the squirrel in rehab? Or? Uh,
7: well, he will be released back into the wild once he is detoxed. They have oh, already made. Shit. They have already made plans. <laughs> this, this was part of the news story that he will be released back into the wild if he has not already been released.
1: What about Narcan? Can the squirrel get Narcan if yeah, he ODs? Not.
7: As uh, well, as and far as we know, it? the the squirrel did not OD. He was just using a casual amount to stay active and aggressive, apparently, per his owner's request, obviously.
4: Wayne Carucci, your reaction. Rachel, where do you, where do you get this
6: information? Where do you get this wonderful information? Oh, I, don't, sake. <laughs> I don't get this in the Ohio News. I don't get this in the sportsman's, uh, all my magazines for hunting no. and fishing. How, what is... kind
7: of panic would it cause if you guys knew that the squirrels <laughs> you were eating, potentially, had been dosed with meth just a few days before?
6: Well, if there's a way we could recognize, and we'd put a, a group together, and we'd go out there, and we'd have our own, put a bounty on them, or we, we could have a field day with this.
1: Oh. Oh. we
6: take them all out. 22. 22 long rifles. 22 longs? That's it. All right. Or <laughs> no. shot. One or the About other. The shoot, them right out, shoot them right out of their nest, Willie. We shoot them right out of the nest.
4: We have a text here from Squirrel Lives Matter. <laughs> oh, stop uh, from, uh her, name, stop I, her name is Lisa Hilberg, and saying, please, we would accept this squirrel in Madeira and nurse him back to health. Uh, You cannot sexually abuse a squirrel. I don't care what you say. You can't do it. That's a rule. (laughs) Can we move move on? Before we talk about St. Bernard, (laughs) we have to my left a concrete uh, representation Mm -hmm. of a squirrel. And uh, this arose when a man in, I think, Syracuse, New York, uh, had a pet squirrel that he uh, sexually uh, affected by causing him to enter his rectal area and oh my god he ended up at the emergency room and the x-ray went viral of this squirrel viral
1: because you put it on your blog and uh, he has a nice
4: x-ray of the squirrel scratching his way out inside the body cavity and uh, this is where the ladies of Madeira got very upset about the treatment of the squirrel
6: TMI TMI
4: and you know the, the, the nickname of the squirrel was Slimmy Duh. and he, he kept the squirrel in cages and only used him for t- particular purposes anyway Wayne you caught in on something completely different about St. Bernard please go ahead
6: Rocky, take the Michael phone <laughs> away from Willie, just for a minute. I'm, I'm trying
1: to turn it off. Go ahead, fire away. <laughs>
6: <laughs> hey, hey, Willie, up in town? You know, uh, our, our good friend uh, and, and his wife Patty, John Estep. You know, the mayor of Saint Bernard. Um, you know, had a beautiful daughter. He lost, and like good people, they they have a benefit to make a positive out of a loss. Allison Estep worked at Children's Hospital, and last year during the flu season, she had flu-like symptoms and. Uh, Treated for flu-like symptoms, but it wasn't that. And in, in a matter of an instant,
4: unbelievable,
6: this, uh, it went to her heart. She passed immediately, and it was sad. It's tragic, but the Estep family is a wonderful family of Saint Bernard, not you know the mayor and just a good person altogether. One of my good friends, one of my best friends, making a positive positive out of it, and had a benefit last year and raised money for Children's Hospital where Allison worked, yeah. and so. It's the second year, and they're raising $50,000. as their goal. So, of course, Gateway Distribution made a small donation to, to the whole thing. But uh, Saturday Saturday night, St. Pernod pavilion, a uh, place of many wonderful basketball games in the 70s, 80s, and 90s. A lot of talent was down there, but using the whole pavilion, giving a benefit to uh, make a positive. And, you know, it's just a camaraderie. The community comes together. You know, it's just a typical St. Benoit day, food. Music. Bring a cooler. A lot of door prizes. A lot of donations. We're raising money for John.
4: And the other thing, for their daughter Allison. A couple days ago, Scott Sloan talked about his friend, forty-three year old, married, five kids. Starts having upset stomach. Goes to the emergency room. After a while, a couple days, you know, in full flurry and life, and he's dead within a week or ten days with the H1N1 bird flu. And, wow. and this Stephanie, I mean, I, I didn't know her, but you know, Mayor Estep, is a wonderful guy, and his uh, daughter just, you know, like anybody, I don't feel good, lay down, and a couple days later, she didn't get back up mm-hmm. from the flu. Right, it, it's unbelievable. <clears throat> like, that's why I get a flu shot. So once again, Rocky wants to know where to be. This, give me the date and the place again.
6: This Saturday, St. Bernard Pavilion. Admission's ten dollars, and it all goes all one hundred percent to the, uh, in Allison's memory. Allison S. step called the Allison's Dance for Children's right. Hospital. St. Bernard.
4: Thank Seven you. Seven o'clock. Seven See o'clock. And uh, Ed right. step is the John Cranley of St. Bernard.
6: He yes, does, he, he yes, does yes. a great job. All right, I'll let you, uh, Group, get back to that most important
1: topic. No, Wayne, please yeah. stay on and save me from this, okay?
6: It's <laughs> hey, 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 self-inflicted, Rocky. You're on your own. And racial, good topic. No
4: kidding.
6: Thank you. Wayne, right. thank, thank you, everybody. All right, you, you guys. Nice talking with you. Thank you guys on.
4: That's something. Bye-bye. You think about that. I get a flu shot. Everybody get a flu shot? Every year. You get yes, a flu uh-huh. Yes, sir. And it, it inoculates against the H1N1. That's one of the ones. But you don't. I don't think about it, but when Scott Sloan's forty-three-year-old guy best friend dies of a flu, wow, it's mm-hmm. awful. All right, what else is on the blog? Rocky wants to know.
7: Uh, Kenneth Ranieri, the guy that is was in charge of the Nexium sex cult, has been convicted on all counts of sex trafficking and uh, coercion for sexual relations.
4: And this is the guy exactly. that had Hollywood actresses. The beautiful 25 year old women performing as sex slaves and uh, seemingly his defense was well yeah. yes I yes I did it he but
7: did yes, yes, the yes defense, did it. his defense team didn't try to argue against what had happened they said yes all of that happened it was just consensual
4: they, the women all agreed to become sex slaves
1: but, but I mean how what kind of mental powers <laughs> that guy have I like, some like him or like Jim Jones or the yeah. Charlie Mansons the world I I think those that's fascinating those people that have that kind of Control over and, and these lots are, are
4: college-educated, functional, twenty-five to thirty-year-old women. Very
7: uh, successful women. They Wretched. were actresses. They had uh, contracts. They David there Chris. were heiresses. The yeah, there were heiresses to heiresses Yeah. <laughs>
4: And now, and the heiresses, some of them were convicted because they would recruit other women. Correct. That is true. Yes. Rocky, where are these women? <laughs> They're not in Liberty Township or Mason, I don't or, think. Or are they? Again, this is the power these people
1: have. It's, it's beautiful.
7: He could be serving up to life in prison, and um, oh, it only took the jury four or five hours to convict him. Should so he, get, should he get life,
4: Rock, do you think, for this? No, I'd have to know more about it.
7: I think prison just alone is going to be great for this guy, don't you think? Don't
1: he, he's going to be put into a sex cult or two himself, I believe. In prison, you know, Bruno will say it's either me or
4: everyone, and that is always a tough choice. Give me my choices again. It's me or everyone. Are you it's sure like, there's
1: not a third option? Give no. Me, give
4: me door number three. What's behind door number three?
7: We also have uh, footage of a ghost at a guitar shop in uh, Birmingham, Britain. So,
4: Did I tell you through. my time with Jennifer Aniston? In the yeah. first house she was in in Holmby Hills. We used to spend some nights up there in the 80s and 90s. Of course. She said her house was infected with numerous ghosts. And there were times things moved around on the dresser, into the closet. Clothes and outfits would shake. And I still have bad memories of those nights with Jennifer Aniston.
1: Now, have you actually ever seen a ghost in your life or some sort of paranormal you activity? You know, I,
4: I can't say I have. I, I have. Uh, I, you've seen a ghost?
1: Yeah, so, so everyone knows this, or not everyone, but there's an urban legend around town called the Oxford Light. And it's near you know Miami University and there in Oxford, and we did it in high school. So the story is there's this road. You go all the way down, it's a long, long road. And back in the day, this guy was coming home on his motorcycle from World War One, and his girlfriend lived at the end of this this drive here. The parents did not really approve of him. World War, war One, Yes. And he's coming home from this, and he's, you know, it's kind of a hilly, like, you know, like up and down hills kind of thing. And to make her driveway, there's a 90-degree turn. He misses the turn, dies, right, tragically. So what you do, the, the theory that you do is you drive back there at night, you pull in this old farmhouse, right, that's now dilapidated, and, you, and then you pull out, and you come back out, and you face the way out toward the main road, turn off your car, you flash your lights three times, and I've done this four times, and twice you see a single headlight coming down the road. And there's no other driveways down this road, so it's impossible for something else to Where is out. this? It's a ghost. And then, it, and then as, it, as it came to our car, my buddy Paul Bailey in high school, we sat there and watched this. It turned bright red and went right over top of the car. Promise to God. People out there listening know what I'm talking about, the Oxford light. Never heard of it. That's the closest Sheriff thing. Sheriff Dave, seen. have you heard of that? He said
4: yes. What about you? What about you, Rachel?
7: I don't know. Would I've you go out
4: there and do that? Oh
7: yeah. Can we go?
4: We should. We should do it.
7: Uh, Eddie's seen a ghost. I know that. We've had discussions about that.
4: If you go, I'll go. You got to be willing to fight this ghost.
1: <laughs> Fair enough. World War Two. World War. Now, that I. doesn't work every time. Again, I said uh, probably did it four times in, in high school, and it worked. One the one time was was vivid. The one the story I just told you. I swear to God, I'm not making this up. Rachel, thank you for the stuff on the blog about thank the squirrel.
4: You. Wayne Carucci, love that. Mm-hmm. Rocky, thank you. You're welcome. We leave you now with the immortal words of the Stooge Report.
6: So, well, no, what would it be like to roll around in bed with
5: my wife wearing a Deer Park jersey?
4: He's still at it. He won't stop, will he? No. Rachel, would you wear a Deer Park jersey for any man?
7: You know. That have to be the right man.
4: Like a, a man like Lance on 700 WLW.
2: It is Ryan here. And I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper?